Fabio is here, myself is here. We have quite some interesting things to discuss. Today, we're going to flip it a bit around to what we normally do. Normally, obviously, a lot of it is markets, what's happening to the prices. We talk community and so on. We will still do this today. We're going to lead with that. So we're going to go into the markets a bit. Again, it's been very, very quiet, except for one drop on Friday last week. We're going to discuss that. So probably it's going to take about 10, 15 minutes. And then we're going to use the rest of the time, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes to talk about three exciting things that one thing we have launched last week, one thing we're in the process of launching, and another thing you're going to see coming up beginning of next week. So I think it's perfect time to discuss all these three things. And yeah, with that, let's get going. Fabio, first and foremost, how are you doing? How's the community doing? Give us a bit of a general sentiment. Let's dive in. Yeah, happy Tuesday. Um, we're doing great. So um, I think last Wednesday, when we launched uh, our latest product, Yield Vault, um, from an engagement and interaction level, um, especially within our community group, so Reddit and uh, Telegram are the main channels here, uh, we saw like almost a, a, a thousand percent increase in, in um, customers. Uh, like in, in a bear market right now, the general interest it's just not there. A lot of people don't like to spend time on Telegram and on Twitter, but with the launch of our latest product, a lot of interest, a lot of questions. Um, a lot of people were coming in to our Telegram groups asking questions, really good questions uh, about our latest product. Uh, so I'm happy about that. I always like when there is a lot going on and uh, there's definitely a lot going on on cake side. I wouldn't say that there is a lot going on, on in the markets in general. Yeah. And I mean, it makes so much sense. Uh, I also, I mean, I see a lot. I mean, there's Elon was even choking on Twitter about this, where he said, uh, uh, I was in crypto before and now I'm in AI. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of like, obviously, he put this into quotes, uh, because he was just kind of uh, making fun of, uh, yeah, of the tourists uh, who kind of go through these hype cycles. Um, I also had shared this many times that I don't know, it felt like people went from, um, yeah, probably like, I don't know what was before crypto. I can't remember. Uh, but then it went from like crypto to drop DeFi. shipping and Shopify and, and you're like right. That. Drop shipping. Yeah. So drop shipping experts uh, to crypto and then it was DeFi and then it was Web3 with the NFTs and now it's AI. So that has been kind of the, yeah, the kind of path a bit down the line. And, uh, and so you see a lot of hype around that right now. Yeah. Maybe also so a few people going back to their roots. Um, I saw some, um, I think they rebrand themselves um, uh, and lots of minimalism um, is, is coming yeah. up again. So a little True. bit of a move into the direction of lifestyle and travel. Uh, also, maybe because um, everything is opening up again and there wasn't a lot of travel uh, during 2020 and 2021. Uh, yeah, but there's definitely a clear shift uh, in the influencer space. Everybody's talking AI. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you see that this is definitely a bit of a hype cycle at the moment. Um, markets. We discussed this um, last week. We didn't expect much on the news front. Actually, we didn't have much. There was one topic that is not a new topic. It's a topic that we have seen for the last three months. Um, and that kind of caused a bit a price drop on Friday. Since then, uh, we have seen pretty much no trading at all. Like It was a flat line since then. Um, let's discuss this a bit, Fabio. What's the story from last week? 
uh, Friday, what do you see in the on in the Twitterverse, in Telegram around this? Uh, what are people expecting right now? I see a lot of people drawing charts and so on. You know my opinion on that. So I'm a bit very very skeptical at the moment that charts are going to work out just because it's really going to depend on the next kind of events. They're going to cost the uh, cost the price to move, not so much on the chart. But uh, I'll let you go first, um, and then I'll share maybe some of my thoughts. But I would love to hear a bit from your side first. I think you're better informed than me. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm better informed on this than you. But uh, so for everybody that missed it, uh, we had a, an incident uh, with Silvergate. And actually, a lot of people were already anticipating this. So it was maybe in the last week of December when this was firstly first becoming a topic. Then it kind of calmed down and everybody had raised their expectations that there wouldn't be an issue, that everything would be perfectly fine. And then it suddenly wasn't. Um, and so a Silvergate is probably the biggest traditional gateway institution. Um, and it's Barry Silver, I think. No. No, uh, no, has nothing to do no, with Barry's pub he, publicly traded uh, company. Yeah, the Silvergate's Barry Silver. Sorry, I'm, I'm confusing a few things there. Um, so, and um, what, what I see and what is uh, what baffles me a little bit is that with, with every other major news, especially in bad news, especially bearish news, uh, companies blowing up or, or having to file for Chapter 11 or things like that, we saw that starting with uh, during the summer, uh, FTX is probably the pr most prominent example, um, the news gets less and less and less. So while we dropped, I think, 9 or 10% on a day or on the news that FTX is insolvent, uh, with Silvergate, it was 5%. And also, people don't really seem to care that much. So there, of course, on the day itself, there were a few tweets and a few people talking about this, but it wasn't... Um, like with FTX, we saw like a month-long coverage. It, everybody was talking about it on every news channel, on every Twitter account. Everybody made a video about it. And with Silvergate, it was a few hours, maybe a day or two. And then right now, I don't see anybody talking about Silvergate anymore. Um, so I'm not sure in uh, if everything is already priced in or if people just don't seem to care. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's your take on the whole Silvergate story and 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 uh, how how it affects us. Um, okay, so I think that Silvergate story is nothing new. I think um, a lot of the, let's say, a lot of the partners of Silvergate, right? So again, this is not a B two C company. This is B two B. So I think it's also obviously very it's always very different um, when you are B two B because um, yeah, a, a lot on the business side is done. I don't know uh, more behind the scenes. I don't know, there's lawsuits or there's claims. This is like you instantly saw the partners of Silvergate, Circle, Coinbase, and so, and so on, jump out and say, look, we're distancing ourselves. I just want to be very clear on this. Cake never had a relationship with Silvergate. We have no funds on there. Uh, also very interesting, uh, Singapore regulator asked us as well. So the regulator here is also uh, obviously very concerned about this. Uh, we don't have any uh, relationship, no material kind of, connection exposure and so on. Um, but I, I think a lot of the partners were very much aware of that. And there was, a, I mean, it was one of the most shorted stocks. People were uh, kind of 
speculating for a long time that there was an issue there. And I think that announcement now that they are having issues producing their financial data for last year doesn't really surprise anyone. It's more of, okay, um, it, it's more in a question on what's going to be the future for Silvergate. Is that going to go into a so-called receivership? Um, receivership basically means you're not bankrupt, but someone is going to come in, someone is going to take over, someone is going to run that. There's very little uh, of like individual decision-making that you can have or that you can do, um, and a lot of the business basically just happens. Um, chapter 11, which is a bankruptcy, basically that means that's it. Like we are kind of rolling everything up, we're closing shop, everything is done. And I think that's more what people are now speculating on. Um, I don't think anyone believes that Silvergate, I don't know, is going to continue business as usual. The thing is, and that's why I think the market hasn't reacted. First of all, we have been discussing this on the show, I don't know how often. I think everyone that has sold, uh, everyone that wanted to sell, sold already. I think the people that are left now, they're like, you know, F it. I don't care. Like, I, I'm so deep down, I don't care. I'm not selling at these prices, right? So that's it. I, I think that, that's just who you have left, right? Um, and then buyers are just not interested. And we see this, right? I mean, the data is very, very clear um, that the January pump came from within the system, not so much from actual lot of outsiders, right? And so that's why you see zero volume because people just sit there and they're like, yeah, look, I think there's definitely something wrong there. I'm not going to sell right now because either I don't want to sell or I have enough fiat, so why should I sell? And those buying, they're like, yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. I'm not going to buy right now. I'm going to wait until Bitcoin goes to 10,000, right? I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying that this is how they are thinking. And so that is just why I think there's almost no news on this because the, the retail is not affected. Um, businesses are going to keep this quiet. They're either going to solve this behind the scenes or there's going to be lawsuits that are following until a business is so affected that it doesn't get its funds out. And at the moment, it doesn't look like it. So at the moment, Circle doesn't look like it. It's uh, USDC are impacted. Um, Coinbase, Bybit, many of them have announced that they are not having any US dollar ramp anymore with Silvergate. But this has no major kind of impact. At the moment, uh, there, there's so little fund flow. I don't think people care. And I think that's just where this is coming from. And, and that's where I think people are speculating this was a single whale on Friday who actually sold. That's it. And people are speculating that this was someone who had to sell. Some people even say it could have been Silvergate themselves, that they had to liquidate some position, that they actually had to get some liquidity, right? And so it's more like people have to sell, not because they want to. And um, that's why I think right now we're going to be sideways until someone has to sell. And I just don't see that many having to sell at the moment. Do you see here any other things around that? No, it's actually the, the, how the market reacts to everything actually makes me kind of bullish. Um, and as you said, we, we were talking about this since approximately three months. So it was kind of expected. It was just the, the last bit of uh, playing out. It's like when you, when you see a, a, a chess game and you already know that somebody lost, um, we kind of saw the, the last move in that game. Um, and now it is maybe it, it, we still need to see how how it ends. Uh, so as you as you said, if somebody is going to take over or straight into chapter eleven, but uh, yeah, the pieces, most of the pieces have already fallen. 
um, the the thing that <clears throat> uh, hangs above us is is more on a on a bigger bird's eye picture. It's more the whole macroeconomic landscape. Uh, are we going into an, a recession? What is the Fed going to do? How is the rest of the year uh, going to play out? I, I I guess these things have a larger impact than industry news uh, by now because. Uh, there is not a lot of the industry left, and everybody that is still standing, everybody that's still left, is very likely to to um, to be there. Um, like I don't make a lot of the the thought if if there's thought around Coinbase or thought around Binance, I take that with a bag of salt, not just a grain of salt, but a bag of salt. Um, I, I I don't expect any other major player to blow up right now because um, yeah, there's all, all, too much happened already. Uh, but that's that's just my uh, my two cents. Yeah, I think the key things to watch, obviously, it, the same three things we came into this year with, so hasn't changed. Um, Silvergate, um, Binance, different issues. Um, Binance, to me, I would be super surprised if Binance has any issues with solvency. I think Binance's main issues are always around business practices, regulatory issues, money laundering issues. So it always kind of goes this route. And... And I mean, this is not something new. I think we hear this all the time. It's always a bit of a statement against statement, right? The news says something. And I think everyone listening and watching the news and like, especially over the last three years has seen what kind of BS has been going on in the news and how much the news is actually lying. So you have that and you take this with a grain of salt. And then obviously you have CC fighting back to that. And again, I mean, we have seen every CEO in the last year fighting back to any kind of rumor and at the end, sadly, most of these rumors always turned out to be true. So here it's, yeah, I mean, zero substance so far, right? Every, like, yeah, Binance had, I think, one or two kind of runs on their, on their assets and they had like absolutely no issues handling that. And people track the wallets, uh, wherever their funds are coming from, they had so much more funds. So I don't think there's anyone right now that actually thinks that Binance is truly insolvent. Um, I think their issue is really more around regulation, really more around uh, the same with BUSD. I mean, this was, it turns out like oh, it's becoming more and more obvious, way more an attack on Binance than anything else. Um, yeah. And then last but not least, and this topic is getting a bit more attention now because uh, Alameda uh, slash FTX um, uh, is actually suing the digital currency group. And this is now getting a bit of attention and some attraction because there we are really talking about someone who is doing this for their investors or for, not for their investors, but for their kind of creditors. And so here in the bankruptcy process, um, FDX slash Alameda is now going after digital currency group. They have a loan to service of around half a billion dollars in May. Um, and their financial show, they have only about half of that in cash on hand. So they are missing around $250 million in current funds. And uh, yeah, so people are now getting a bit worried what could happen there. Um, for some weird reason, I, again, I still don't understand this, why people think that, for example, dissolving Grayscale would be a positive thing for the Bitcoin price. I don't know. People always feel, yes, it would close out the discount, but that doesn't mean the discount goes up and, and, or the price of, of GPTC goes up. It actually means Bitcoin goes down and GPTC goes up, right? So they would need somewhere in the middle. And so this is definitely not a bullish event for, for the Bitcoin price. Um, and so this DCG topic has really popped up a bit again. And it's getting a bit serious. So let's see. I mean, we have about two months. Um, yeah, and I think there's going to be more and more parties who are going to 
yeah, who are going to be a bit worried about this. Uh, people are talking about that this deal with Gemini and uh, and actually the earned product is not signed yet. So there's still some question marks around that. Um, DCG's financials for 2022 were horrible. They had uh, they, they posted them and they had like a billion dollar in loss. Again, um, in the next three months, they, they definitely have more current liabilities than current assets. So just from an accounting term, this means their short-term liabilities that are being due in the next couple of months are more than the short-term assets that they are expecting or expecting to have. So if nothing changes in the next three months, DCG is insolvent. That doesn't mean they are bankrupt. It just means they are they, they, they're liquid, basically. They, they cannot service their short-term debt. And so they, they definitely have to do something. And I don't know what they're doing. They could sell off some assets or they can raise the, fund, the money or they can do something. But there's definitely some pressure there and this pressure is mounting. So, yeah, I don't see, I, I, I don't see anything right now that has changed from the beginning of the year. I think we have the same dominoes. All these dominoes are kind of wiggling. None of the dominoes have fallen. Maybe it actually completely comes to a standstill and it's all good. Or it made it one false, and this could really have an issue. At the end, I still think people will only sell if they have to. And at the moment, there's very little reason for them to have to. And I think that's why the price is holding up really well. Anything to add, Fabio? Otherwise, let's shift focus and talk about three products, a new coin, a lot of stuff happening. Let's let's dive into cake, the most interesting part of uh, today's yes. uh, session. Good. Three things that we're going to talk about. We talk about Yield Vault, we talk about Eurosea, and we talk about Cake Elite. Um, I think all three things that you have probably heard about before uh, on the show, somewhere in social. Um, so we just want to dive in to the specifics. Let's start with Yield Vault. Uh, Yield Vault. We launched it last week. Give a bit of the rundown, Fabio. What was the sentiment around it, the hype around it? Um, people are using it left and right. Give us a bit, maybe quickly, briefly explain the product. Um, can people still use it? And then, yeah, let's kind of um, walk it through. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we got a lot of attention and uh, a, a lot of funds uh, flowing into the product. So for everybody that doesn't uh, understand, it's leveraging a function uh, within the DeFi chain ecosystem. And um, you can currently get... Um, so on, on DeFi chain, you have um, a, a decentralized system where you can create vaults. So you paste capital into uh, in, into a vault like you um, uh, most people familiar with DeFi products it's very similar than uh, things on avalanche for example where you have a law of over collateralized vault where you can mint an asset and uh, in this case DUC and US dollar stablecoin is minted and there is a negative interest rate um, on DUSD and um, we at cake we leverage um, the negative interest rate on the product and uh, we are able to pay out uh, a, a nice um, um, return uh, on, on investments. Currently this sits, so initially when we started the product and it was approximately 15%, uh, but uh, as more and more people go in, the, the, uh, the APIs, uh, the returns of that product, uh, they go down. Um, but uh, there is some light at the end of the tunnel because on the DeFi chain side, there are currently uh, several proposals and things being worked on. 
which could have an impact on that API and APRs in the long run, meaning they can go back up again. And of course, if more people, if people are leaving the product or utilizing uh, other features, the APR can fluctuate as well. So the, the most important questions here um, that I saw on the community side is, um, are the... Um, is there any additional fee or is there any additional thing on top of the product? And here is very important to understand for everybody that is participating in this space or listening to this. Every, every API, so every return we, uh, we list on our website is net, meaning all fees and everything is already deducted, meaning what you see is what you get. Um, so in this case, we had, a, had to answer a lot uh, of questions. And then the second question uh, or second most prominent question on the product was, um, what, what is my risk? Uh, as a customer, do I take on any risk? And here, uh, the most important thing to understand is there is no third party involved. This is, um, it's not that you're lending out your funds, as you saw with, um, you know, products that our ex-competitors used to have during the summer. So we're talking about classical products that BlockFi or Celsius offer during the summertime. This is in no way comparable to a product like that. It is a complete DeFi product, meaning there is no third party. Um, and the, the main risk here uh, that to highlight is um, the risk of liquidation. Uh, because if you, if, if you have an over-collateralized vault, there you know, is, uh, in, in theory, there is a risk that uh, your wallet is suddenly getting under collateralized in case the price moves drastically. But here it's important to understand that we have uh, uh, several levels and emergency procedures, um, both automated and manual with like yeah, want, different types. Can I double down yeah, on that? Can... Because I think this is so important. Um, it is. We, we have automated systems that manage that vault. We have an independent automated system that just watches that entire thing. And then we have another automated system that informs people and warns people if there are certain levels. And then we actually have manual checks, right? So, um, yeah, we yeah we just want to highlight that. Then we use a super solid uh, collateralization buffer, um, yeah, just to make like as sure as humanly possible that uh, this is safe. So I just wanted to double and triple down on that because I agree it is the biggest risk and it is where we're doubling, tripling, quadrupling down to, mi to mitigate that. Uh, 100%. And they're like the, one of the main reasons why it took us a little bit longer to launch that product is because we value um, these safety features that much. It was really important for us to set this up that there is no chance of failure. Okay, like uh, there is never, nothing in life ever has a 0% chance but you can really mitigate risk to 99.99 something uh, uh, percent. And uh, this, this is basically what we did with setting up all these automated systems and manual systems on top. Um, so these were the main questions that we got on the product. Um, a, a few people also, of course, were concerned um, with... So it's important to understand. I saw a few people... Um, answering to a tweet that you uh, said, and they were, they were saying, why should I allocate into this product when I can make 15% with staking? And I guess here, this is uh, important for these people to understand is 
if if you're holding BFI, this product might be, might not be that interesting to you because there are other features like you know classical staking, liquidity mining, um, or uh, um, maybe even freezing your DFI. Uh, you can earn a, a, a much bigger return. But this product is more uh, for people that um, come in with a with a currency like Bitcoin or uh, Ether or a US dollar, US dollar stablecoin that uh, want to create yield on top of those. Uh, if you already hold DFI, this product might not be that interesting. But if you hold other assets and you want to hold them, you want to keep them, this is a product that is very, very interesting. And um, just for a comparison, I saw a very interesting message of um, uh, one of our operations people this morning. Uh, you always need to consider that people are saying, oh, yeah, 4%, 5%, 6%, which are the current yields on the Bit Bitcoin uh, product. Uh, what is your alternative? So the best alternative you currently have would be, and, and sorry if I say this, Julian, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm not want to make advertisements for another company, uh, but that probably the best alternative you can get right now is if you lock your funds in with Binance for an extensive period of time and all you get in the return is like 1.7%. This is currently the best alternative you have on the market. Um, there, there are other very small companies, but we, we don't like to uh, put them on the list as well because uh, as a customer that is concerned about safety and transparency, we only list companies with a, a track record and with uh, like um, um, the necessary transparency. Um, so even with 4 or 5 6%, uh, which is uh, more or less sustainable, uh, the product offers... Uh, a great yield yeah cool yeah um i I, th I agree and i think um especially that transparency i mean you can trace it on our transparency page as well uh our vp of engineering ben posted it in as well um you can go to cakedefa.com uh slash transparency and then yeah you can uh track and trace everything there for yourself so um trust because you can verify I think that's really, really important to understand. Um, yeah, anything else to add on on Yield Vault? Um, I think, yeah, it's a, I mean, we're discontinuing the, the lending, which was uh, always, always paid from our marketing fund. So that's, gonna, that's being discontinued this Friday. Um, earn, uh, also, um, we're going to let Earn expire. So yes, I know we had a hiccup of two days last week, but all the funds on Earn, if you had your insurance protection on, uh, we reimbursed that. So all the customers uh, were covered in that. Earn, uh, we're basically not allowing new entries. It's going to expire as well. And everything is going to be moved over into Yield Vault. I want to highlight another thing. We're going to be looking for more DeFi yield out there. And uh, we would love to add that as well so that you have this one-stop uh, platform. Just uh, maybe to add on, if you're thinking about getting an allocation to the product. So as Julian mentioned, there is a we are discontinuing our lending services. And uh, here I'm just saying the things that our power users know. But uh, if you are not a power user, you might be interested in that information as well. But if you want to get an allocation into the Yield Vault product, which is currently 40% full, uh, it might be a good idea to do that before Friday. And why uh, is it a good idea to do that before Friday? Because on Friday, uh, a lot of funds are getting out of our old landing batches and the product will fill up very fast on Friday, just uh, maybe uh, as, as, as an input. Yeah, I agree, um, especially on Friday uh, because uh, a lot of people 
um, yeah, I mean, at the moment they're getting lower yield um, on on lending than on yield vault. So um, that's going to be quite interesting. So I would move now, um, not wait for Friday. Um, second big announcement um, that was um, very, very uh, spontaneous. Um, we wanted to add another staking coin actually this month. Uh, we are pushing this launch to April. So um, that's something you're going to, uh, or you can look forward to beginning of April because last week on Friday, we launched EuroC, which is the equivalent to USDC. And in this case, it's EuroC. Um, it's a Euro stable coin. It's actually a relatively small stable coin, but it's the largest Euro backed stable coin. I think market cap is 27 million. So not in the billions, it's just millions. Also issued by Circle. Um, Coinbase uh, also, I think, added it last week. And we're seeing more and more platforms uh, adding it. Um, you are going to be able to buy it also on Cake, I think, from tomorrow onwards uh, or maybe Thursday. So you're also going to be able to, to buy it on Cake. Um, obviously, the idea behind it is it's a stable coin based on euros. So if you want to leave, I don't know, cryptocurrencies, you can go into those stable coins. Or if you have euros and you just want to get the yield, and that's going to be the interesting thing, we're going to be actually the first and at the moment only platform in the entire space that's going to offer yield on EuroC. Um, there are two major options how we're going to do this. Uh, one option is um, the DeFi chain community, uh, once they saw that, they are like, okay, we're going to add EuroC to the DEX and we're going to add it to the DeFi chain ecosystem. That's a separate vote that is being done at the moment. So this is, this is going to take, I think, 48 hours or 72 hours. Uh, with a special vote. And then once this all is done, um, we are also going to be able to show that yield on our side. So we're going to be adding that also to Yield Vault. We're also going to be adding it to liquidity mining. So then you have those opportunities as well. In the unlikely scenario that doesn't go through, we have another avenue that I don't want to talk about here. I don't want to spoil that because maybe we need it and or maybe we need to do, offer this for something else where we're also going to generate way lower yield for EuroC. Uh, because this way the yield uh, could potentially be quite high. So that's something that's quite exciting. So if you want to have EuroC, get ready. Um, the, all this action should start next week. Um, there's going to be blog posts coming out explaining a lot of these things because I think EuroC is quite new for most people. I mean, they know USDC, but then EuroC is obviously always a bit different. So yeah. Um, and because we really see a lot of value in that, we see a lot of interest at the moment for people in stable coins. We pushed uh, a staking coin back to next month and we're going to really focus on uh, EuroC right now. So you're going to see this a lot on the social media. So you're going to see this uh, via email, blog post. Um, there's going to be joint press releases. So that's going to be quite interesting. Fabio, uh, from your side, community feedback, questions. I don't know. What can you throw in here? Okay, so maybe a few handful in, 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 or a few uh, bits and pieces that could be helpful for you. Um, so we had a strong interest. We have a very strong EU-based community. We have a lot of people from all over the over Europe. We have a very strong Italian community, a very strong German-speaking community, uh, and a lot of people uh, from Europe that are using our services. And Euro, Euro stablecoin was consistently um, on the request list but we were waiting until we saw a euro coin that is done by you know a reputable um, um uh, source like circle is probably the most reputable 
And now a lot of people ask, okay, but Julian just mentioned the market cap is 27 million. By now it's already 33 million. And here also what, what the information that is important to you. Um, this thing is not even two weeks old. And if you want to get exposure, if you want to buy it, there is a very limited, um, a handful of exchanges. I think Bittrex is going in, um, Coinbase is going in. Um, and yesterday, there was a total 24-hour volume of $100,000, which is nothing. You're really moving the price a lot if you want to buy a, a substantial amount. And this is where you need to be careful, but also where you can see the interest for this is amazing because um, just three or four days ago, the 24-hour uh, volume was uh, like really in the five digits. It was really, really low. And just today, uh, within the last 24 hours, uh, it was more than a million. So you have like a 10x growth day over day, which is 10,000% in volume growth because now the coin get, is getting available. And here, the, the information that I want to share with you, if you want to get a little bit of um, Euro C, uh, go in step by step. Don't go in and put uh, huge markets orders on an exchange. The order books are still thin. And just saying, but you can take the other side of this trade because there will be a lot of people that are placing market orders on an exchange like Bittrex that is going to list this thing. And if you're playing this smart... Uh, you can actually make a profit by, you know, people placing market orders, huge market orders, because they will move the price a lot. Um, but if you want to get exposure, if you want to get this coin, uh, go in, in small steps, have a look at the order books first. Don't place market orders, but uh, place market, or not market orders, but limit orders. Um, this would be um, handful information uh, because and you can really see it if you go on coin gecko or coin market cap the the volume and the market cap is is really growing there is definitely a big interest for this thing uh, and i'm super excited that cake is probably very likely going to be the first company in the whole industry that is going to offer a, a very nice yield product and it makes me super proud that we are nimble and fast and and we can for, see this trend and and and, and um, deliver on it um, yeah, so I'm super excited. The deposits and withdrawals are already open. Um, so if you if you want to deposit uh, or withdraw, uh, this is already possible. Yeah, so take advantage of that. Get going. Um, that's quite exciting. Um, yeah, and it's really, really cool. Um, anything else to add there? Otherwise, let's talk about Cake Elite. Yeah, let's go into Cake Elite. Great. Um, yeah, I uh, two I think two angles to all that. Um, first and foremost, obviously, any company wants to have loyal customers, wants to uh, incentivize those loyal customers, and wants to have long-term relationships with their customers. On the one hand, we have the freezer for that, but it's very unidimensional. It's very inflexible. I understand that because um, you have to tie up your funds. And this works really well for some customers because they're like, look, I need this for the next 10 years anyways, works well. Um, but for some, it doesn't. And so what we really want is we want to create a program for our elite customers. Uh, we're going to be launching this next week. Um, it's just going to be the very beginning of this. We actually have a lot, a lot of exciting ideas about this. At the very beginning, the benefits for you being an elite customer and Committing on being with us is going to be purely financial. So you're going to have a financial benefit. Uh, what do we have? Obviously, we have less revenue, but we have commitments from you. And this is where the win-win happens. 
Um, but then you will see relatively quickly over time, we're going to be adding a lot of benefits to that. Benefits that you cannot get anywhere else. You cannot get on cake anyhow else. Um, and the long-term plan is also to reintegrate the existing VIP program into Cake Elite. Uh, the existing VIP program is all over the place. It's very, very difficult sometimes, also from our side, to gauge how valuable is a customer, how unvaluable is a customer. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very tricky. It has way too many levels, really, really complicated. Most people don't understand it. It's not intuitive. And that was a lot of the feedback. And so over time, we want to integrate all of that in Cake Elite. Um, it's probably the program that I'm going to be most excited about for the entire year because it's going to allow us to really offer a lot of the benefits to our most loyal customers. You're going to win financially. You're going to win with great service. You're going to win with additional benefits on top. Um, you're going to win by getting to know other people who are like-minded. And I think that's going to be the, the really interesting thing on the long term. In the, in the short term, you're going to win mainly financially. And uh, yeah, so that's where this major win-win is going to be from. And so, yeah, this is, I, this is probably not for you if you are having just $50 with us on the platform. Um, I think if you are having $1,000 plus on the platform with us, I think this is where this starts getting really interesting. This is also not interesting for you if you are a super new customer. So if you joined yesterday, I doubt that this is going to be the right thing. But if you have been with us for maybe two or three months or longer, you know us, you, you can kind of anticipate these things then this is where this gets super juicy for you. Um, yeah, uh, Fabio, am I uh, missing anything that you feel that people want to know? Um, yeah, no concrete launch date for next week. I also want to be clear. So, that, so we're going to, uh, again, final testing. So let's, I don't know, maybe in, in midweek, next week, beginning to midweek or something. So Cake Elite, um, am I missing anything? Anything that I didn't explain that I should be explaining? So as, as I mentioned uh, 15 minutes ago, we have a strong basis um, in the German-speaking markets. And there is one certain aspect that define German-speaking people. They're very uh, down-to-earth, very data-driven, very economical uh, as spreadsheet guys. You know, these are a lot of people, they, they have their spreadsheet on their computer and they calculate um, their savings. They calculate, like Germans are really good with savings. And they calculate um, if something is economical for them or if it isn't. And what I can say without giving away anything is that we actually spend a lot of time and a lot of effort in calculating the economic sense for you as a customer. So as Julian said, what do we get out of this if we give you a better economical deal? Because... You, you need to see this from an outside perspective. What happens if we give you a better economical deal? So if you're actually making more money using our platform, it means we are making less. And um, because you're getting the part that we would normally get as a revenue or as, as a, um, but what do we get out of this? So it's very similar to our freezer product because what, what the freezer product gives us is you commit to us for a longer period of time. And we know, okay, you're a valuable customer. You're going to be with us for a little while. And for that, we are willing to pay. And the same is true for Cake Elite. This is a product where you kind of make is a lot smaller commitment than you're making with the freezer, but it is a bit of a commitment. It, it is a bit of a vote of confidence. And for this, we are giving you an economical benefit. And if you're a customer that invests, let's say, between a thousand and infinity, um, 
this product will be an economic no-brainer for you. If you have more than a thousand bucks a cake, you kind of want to have that product because it's it, you will, at the end of the year. Um, so if you if you just put a year or two years or ten years, any time frame, you will make more money using that product. And this is what we did. Like the whole calculation, the whole preparation is this. Um, so yeah, if you have more than a thousand dollars at cake, you're going to be super excited to to look at that product. Uh, I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be using it personally and. Um, the motto, just uh, how it's going to look and feel. I'm, I'm just going to say black and gold. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the benefits that you're going to see next week are really just to start. Um, we are actually going to be working together with you on that. So we're going to be asking you, what other benefits would you love to have? You're going to see the direction right away. Um, what... And then we can start kind of understanding, okay, this is what you want. Great. What do we need to get in return in order to provide that, right? And uh, you're going to see so many additional benefits coming up in the months afterwards. Like I said, um, be prepared that until the end of the year, the existing VIP program will be completely incorporated into that. Um, just because for us, and you will understand that, it's going to be so much easier uh, to kind of interact, interface, um, and, and just understand um, you as a customer, but then also um, for you to understand the incentives and, and everything. So that's going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, to be honest, I, I think in a year's time, Cake Elite is going to be the, the key thing. We, we're going to have a few of those elite customers in the company and, and they're going to be the, yeah, the key ones. It's just how it is everywhere. It doesn't matter if you are, I don't know, in, in flying, you have frequent flyer programs, if you are in hotels, you have, I don't know, uh, loyalty programs there. Um, it doesn't matter. I think everyone has that. And, and at the end, it's going to come down to the same thing. So, yeah, you're going to get uh, anniversary things. And yeah, so you're going to love it. It's going to be great. There is a question from Five Miles High. And um, just the question is basically if this is going to be, uh, if this new product is going to be an incentive for people that want to use services natively. So as you might know, all the services that Cake offer, in theory, you could do them by yourself if you're very technical, if you want to run your own node and, and, and so on, if you're comfortable with storing your private key and managing all the funds yourself. So to answer your question, Five Mile High, uh, there is just, um, if, if you want to do this yourself, you will always have the better economics because we cannot give you something that is not there because we are getting the same thing as something, somebody that is doing this natively. But what you get at Cake is a whole different aspect to the story because we can give you things um, that a native platform cannot give you. We have an exceptional customer support. We, we have uh, exceptional educational material. Um, we are a trusted platform. It's We have a tax report and, and all of these things. We can uh, get so... you together as well. These are all the things, right? So, I mean, we, we actually know you, right? And, if, and, and then we can actually get you together. And this may also be super interesting because... I mean, also I want to be very clear, the customer that we have at Cake is a very different customer than people who are using the services that we offer natively. It's very different, right? Because the customer that we have is someone that just wants to be taken by the hand, wants to have access to all those things. It's absolutely okay that there's a small cut that Cake takes, but in return has all these incentives, doesn't want to deal with a private key themselves, maybe uses it for diversification. It's very, very clear, very, very obvious, right? So we don't want to compete. We can't compete, just like Fabio says. 
There is no want and no can competing with a protocol that's native. That is just not going to work. And we have no interest in that. Also, we don't think the customers actually fit there. So if all you are, if, if you understand this stuff yourself, if you're good with self-custody, if you want to, if, if, if you don't need a diversifier, always go native. I mean, I'm actually saying here that this is, I, I still think, I, I don't think it's the, the right thing for me to say as a CEO from a pure financial standpoint, but it's the right thing to say, right? And so, yeah, uh, but you're going to see the incentives are going to be completely different. These are incentives that you cannot get natively uh, because they're going to go beyond the financial incentives, right? And many times these are things that are just way more interesting. Let me give you a small example, right? I don't think there's a secret. I, I never made a secret about this. I am a high net worth individual. I have made good money over the last 10 years. There are investments that I do via my bank that are not financially incent uh, that are less financially attractive versus me doing them via a broker myself, interactive brokers, right? For example, I would get a better rate on interactive brokers. So why do I still do this? Very simple. Access, connections, um, being invited to certain things, having a completely different idea, completely different model, right? And so it's something that interactive brokers, for example, or some other broker would never be able to offer. It's just not possible. And so this is just a completely different kind of concept. So I just want to be very clear on this, right? It's the same thing as if you're asking, if you say, hey, um, I don't know, should I, um, should I go for a frequent flyer status with Singapore Airlines or with Lufthansa or with American or whatever, or should I just basically fly the cheapest airline that gets me there? Completely different question, right? You cannot compare those two things. And, and they don't compete with each other. So I just want to be very clear on this. Um, if, yeah. So for us, the goal is never to be able to compete with the protocol natively. Makes no sense. It's impossible. And the protocol cannot compete with us because decentralization does not offer what CDFI offers. It just doesn't offer. So, um, yeah, I, I think this, uh, yeah, very straightforward. Um, how do I do the uh, lending natively? You can just do this with uh, vaults yourself. Uh, you basically just follow the same strategy that we do. Um, yeah, so it's um, you basically put your coins into a vault. You use them as collateral. And I mean, the only downside you have if you have to do it all by yourself is you always need both pairs, right? So you need DFI and Bitcoin. You need DFI and ETH. Um, so that's that's a huge advantage that we obviously provide, that we match you together. But in theory, you can do this yourself. You can find someone who has DFI and you just say, look, let's do this together. Obviously, you would have to trust someone there. Sure. But I don't know. Maybe you find someone that you do trust and then you don't have to trust Kate. Um, I'm just saying. It's, it's no difference, actually. Um, will uh, desktop users continue to be excluded in the future? So the focus for us is definitely going to be mobile. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and, and, and it starts with the user experience. It starts with security. You are just so much more secure on your phone than on your desktop. I know you don't think so because you always carry your phone with you. But I just want to give you one thing, right? If someone has your phone and this phone has full access to all the things, even if you don't have cake on there, Sorry, guys, but you're screwed anyways, because that means someone has your phone and email. It's almost impossible to say that this is not you if you have access to someone's phone or someone's email. So if you feel you don't want to run around with your cake app, honestly, then I would just tell you, get a second phone, right? 
if that's really the, the concern that you have. And maybe at a certain amount, this makes a lot of sense. But for us, the focus will be mobile. And this is, I mean, all the data, all the user experience, all everything that we are planning is just so much more straightforward um, on, 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 the, on the app. Now, what I will tell you is you will have reporting and you will have wallets and you will have a lot of the overview. This will continue on desktop and you will get this also for existing products, right? So you will also get this for Yield Vault. These will come. It's just we want to get this product out as fast as possible and then we're going to catch up on other things later on. But you will not be able to access, for example, Yield Vault uh, via the desktop version. This will only be done on the, on the mobile version. So the desktop version will go way more into more of a reporting, purely also from a security standpoint. Um, because on the phone, me as a company, I can be extremely sure that this is really you. Because I can do this via biological kind of metrics. I can do this via a a single security token that is tied to your device. So no one else can do certain functions. Only one device can do it. Um, it's, I mean, and, and you can look at anyone. You can look at banks. You can look at financial institutions. That's why all of them go this route. Now, if you don't like it, okay, fair, I understand it. But at the end, uh, this is the route we're going. I know that this is what's for us to get from a million customers to 10 million customers, what we have to do. and. <clears throat> Maybe just one thing to add, because I can understand where you personally are coming from. I have a slight bias to uh, use online bankings and 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 and, and apps uh, uh, on my computer as well. But and here comes the but: if a mobile application is what it should be, uh, and if it's really um, bringing out the essence and the features that are only available on mobile, um, there is almost no comparison. And what, what is definitely worth mentioning is that we have a very fancy code name internally for a project that takes up a lot of resources right now, where we are revamping uh, the, the whole mobile app and making this um, how, how, it, how it should be, you know, like a mobile app that is state of the art, like better than most uh, of our competitors uh, out there, really beautiful with all the features and capabilities you have now, plus a lot more. Um, and um, I, I think uh, if, if you really give it a try, uh, we, we're gonna ha we have this product um, planned for this year. Um, and if, if, if you see that app and if you try that app, um, I'm 100% sure that, that, that you understand why we're going into the direction of being a mobile first company. Um, I, I can understand why you have your doubts now because um, the app is not perfect. We know that. This is why we are working on the on the whole revamp. But as soon as you see the second iteration or the third iteration, actually, of that ap application, uh, I, I'm 100% I'm certain that you will be sold. Yeah. I mean, and I also want to be clear. Um, it, the, the way it's right now where there's nothing on the desktop version, for example, for Yield uh, Vault, I understand that this is not how it's supposed to be. I get it. But again, you have two options. And I tell the team this all the time, right? And I'm going to tell this to you as a customer as well. You have two options. You're either going to wait until everything is perfect and then you use the product or you let us wait until everything is perfect and then you can use the product. So my answer is it makes no sense for us to wait because you can, you can wait anytime, right? You don't, have to use, <coughs> you don't have to use it how it is right now. 
you can just wait. It's fine. And there will be improvements. Now, one thing I can assure you, or I, I, I can promise you, you will be required to use the phone specifically for security purposes. On the phone, we can be so sure that there's only one device tied to you with your mobile, uh, with your biological kind of connections to the device. We can, it, it, it's so much more secure than a desktop version, right? And so, I mean, it, it's, it's really, really, really clear on this. Um, additionally, I mean, we're not a trading platform, right? So you don't need to have big screens or something. I, you don't, it, it, it yeah, we, this is not us, right? So, um, yeah, very straightforward. Um, but again, like I mentioned, um, you can, uh, just wait and you don't have to use it right now. I mean, I hope you do, but you can't, uh, it's up, up to you. Um, uh, ease staking rewards are ease. Yes. So, I mean, uh, completely native, uh, yield vault native, right? You put in ETH, you get out ETH. I mean, that's what it's going to be going forward anyway. So we're going to restructure, revamp a lot of the products so that they are way simpler to use, especially for newbies, especially for beginners. Um, I think especially for the next cycle, right? I mean, at the moment it's bear market, I get it, but there will be a cycle where everything goes super bullish again. And for that simple user experience is going to be key. So we're definitely going to win there. Great. That's it. That's all, folks. Got it. Fabio, thanks so much. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much, everyone, tuning in. Check it out. Yield Vault, EuroC. Check out Cake Elite next week. And uh, yeah, hear you next week again, either on Twitter or here on YouTube. Looking forward. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Thanks for being our customer. And if you're not, what are you waiting for? Also, if you want to work for us, work with us, go to cakedefi.com slash jobs. We are still hiring. One of the last companies still hiring. So all the best. Thank you so much, everyone. See you next time and have a good week.